Okay, today, special treat. You guys are going to hear from Pastor Joy. She's right over here. Would you guys clap and holler for Joy? <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Can't figure out how to get you off the stage. You don't have to holler for me. Um, thanks for letting me talk today. Thanks for coming after eating so much turkey this week. And I know you probably just wanted to stay in bed and snuggle up this morning. So thanks for getting up and coming this morning. It's just, uh, it's nice to see everybody. Um, we've been talking about the Lord's Prayer for weeks now, and I hope that what you've seen is that prayer is not just words that we talk to God. I hope that what you've seen is that prayer is so much more than just putting our hands together and saying certain words, but that prayer is really about our hearts connecting with God's heart. It's really about us getting to have this relationship with God. And so I hope that you've seen that just over these last few weeks. Um, I think there was a reason that when the disciples watched Jesus pray, when they heard him pray, when they experienced him pray, I think there was a reason that they said, teach us to do that, right? Because when they saw Jesus do prayer, they, they didn't just see a guy who was just saying words. They didn't just see a guy who was just saying the same things over and over. They saw a guy who was connected to his father. They saw a guy who had a relationship with his father, and they wanted that. Don't you want that too, right? Don't you want that too? So let's pray about that really quick before we get into God's word. God, we thank you so much that you're our father. I thank you just for these last few weeks that we've gotten to just go line by line through the Lord's prayer and to see how much you want to connect with us, how much you want this relationship with us, God. It's something that we should be in awe of, that we should be in wonder of, that you want to be near us. And so we just thank you for your word and we thank you for the model that we have in Jesus of how to have this relationship with you, God, and what it looks like and what it sounds like and what it feels like. We just open our minds and our hearts today to hear from you in a brand new way, God. We love you so much and it's in your name we pray, amen. Amen. So. Man, there was a reason, right, that when these disciples saw Jesus praying, they said, teach us to do that. Jesus did it differently. He sounded differently. He looked differently. And you know what I think the difference was? Is that Jesus knew that the Father loved him, and he loved the Father, right? That was the difference. They had this relationship together and it was based on love. They knew that there was love between them. And I think if we'll look around, like we'll see this God who loves us too. It's not something that we're just supposed to hear about. It's not something that we're just supposed to read about. It's not something that's just for the elite few. It's not something that was just for Jesus. His love, God's love is for all of us. And it says in Ephesians 3, just look at this if you're, if, you're, if you're not sure. It says, may you have the power to understand as all God's people should, right? Not just how Jesus saw it, not just how the elite saw it, but how all God's people should. We all need to know that God's love is so high and so wide and so long and so deep, right? It's for all of us. And it says, may you experience. May you what? experience. May you experience this love of Christ. And it's so great that we'll never quite understand it, but it's meant for us to experience it. 
I'll just tell you a little story about the first time that I realized this in my life, that God actually loved me and paid attention to me. Um, and I was halfway across the world in Romania. Um, I had been asked to go on a mission trip there. And this was almost 10 years ago. And so if you ask me today to go on a mission trip, I am like all in. I'm ready to go. I'm packing my bags. I don't care where we're going. I'm in. But 10 years ago, I didn't feel that way. I felt um, very out of my element. It was very uncomfortable for me to think about going someplace and telling someone about Jesus because, to be honest, I just didn't know him very well. I didn't depend on him, I didn't know how to trust him, I didn't, I didn't read my Bible every single day, I didn't go to church every single Sunday, I went kinda when it was convenient and I listened, but I didn't have this relationship with God and so when I was asked to go to Romania and tell people about Jesus and to share Jesus with them, I was like, are you, are you sure you're looking at the right girl? Like, this is, I don't think I'm supposed to go. I didn't feel very comfortable about going and so, I'll just tell you the, the short version of this story. Um, I, I was terrified to go, and so I started to pray. And it was maybe the first time in my life that I've ever like approached God, just these circumstances are not good, and so I'm gonna pray about this. And I said, God, in my holiest voice, and I said, please don't make me go. <laughs> that was my prayer. <laughs> please don't make me go, I don't wanna go. Uh, and I just said, you know, this, they've got it wrong, they chose the wrong girl, like let's not embarrass anybody, we don't, it doesn't need to go any farther than this, just please don't make me go. Uh, and you know what happened? Nothing. And so, <laughs> great. Oh for one, God, oh for one. Um, and so I'm like, okay God, well maybe that's too much pressure on you, right? Maybe that's too much pressure on you to, to just not make me go. So let me change it up a little bit. I'll, I'll give you a different scenario. Would you just give me a good enough excuse to just bail? right? And maybe you've done this, and I don't even want to tell you some of the things that, that I offered as suggestions to God, and I said, well, maybe just a few days before, maybe someone, I don't want anyone to die, but maybe someone could go in the hospital. Like, maybe, whoops, someone just slips and falls. Like, maybe, maybe someone could just go in the hospital for a few days. Remember, no one needs to die. Just, just a quick trip to the hospital, enough for me to say, oh, sorry, I've, really, I've got to stay. There's no way I can go. Or maybe, God, maybe uh, my keys could just disappear, or my car can just stop working. Maybe my passport goes missing, or someone can break in and take it. Like, these are, the, I've got all these suggestions for you, God. Pick, pick whichever one you want. Just give me an excuse not to go. And you know what happened? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Actually, the opposite happened. I had like the perfect week. Everything was perfect. My keys were right where I left them. My passport was right where I put it. It was still, you know, it wasn't expired. Uh, people that might have gone to the hospital were healthier than ever. So I was like, oh my, I'm like, this is horrible, God. Oh, for two now. Um, and so I finally just resigned myself. I said, okay. I'm going on this trip, and so I pack my bags, and I get on the plane, and I've got 13 hours to think about what this trip might look like, and you know what can happen in your mind in 13 hours, and I didn't sleep one bit that night. <laughs> I'm on this plane, and I'm just thinking of all the ways that this is gonna go wrong, right? And I don't know at what point in the night I got hooked on, um, I'm just talking to God in my head, and I just kept saying, I can't even speak the language. Like, even if I knew, everything about Jesus, even if, even if he and I had this perfect relationship, I can't even tell them. Like, they speak Romanian. I can't learn Romanian on this plane. 
I can't, I can't read your entire Bible and know everything to tell them and learn Romanian before I get there. Um, and so I just, I don't know at what point I got hooked on if they just spoke Spanish, God. I said, if, if they just spoke Spanish, I could at least like sort of get through a conversation. I'm not fluent in Spanish, but I know enough to at least like get some points across, right? If they just spoke Spanish. And so we finally, we land in this plane and I'm, I'm so tired because I haven't slept and I've just been, you know, worrying, worrying, worrying. I'm so anxious about this trip. And we get there and we set up for this camp and the bus pulls up the next day and it's got all these high school kids on it that we're gonna spend the week with and they're loud and they're, they're talking and they're laughing and they're bumping into each other. They're so excited to be here. And I'm standing outside of this bus and I'm just like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. I'm so nervous and I, I feel like I'm hearing someone speak Spanish. And I'm like, okay, I'm halfway across the world. I don't even know where Romania is on the map. Here I am, and now I'm going crazy. <laughs> like, I'm hearing someone speak Spanish in the middle of Romania, and I'm like, God, when I said some, send someone to the hospital, it wasn't supposed to be me. Like, now here I am, I'm crazy, and I'm halfway across the world, and I'm just like shaking my head, like, oh my goodness, like, what is going on in my mind? And I'll tell you, this girl stepped off the bus in the middle of Romania, and she was speaking fluent Spanish. What? <laughs> what? What in the world is happening? And I look at her and I know that my face was like, what is happening? And so I walk up to her and I say in Spanish, I'm like, you speak Spanish. And she says, yeah, I speak Spanish. And I'm like, how? Like, we're in Romania. This is not, people don't speak Spanish here. This is weird. How do you speak Spanish? And she told me that she had gotten hooked on watching telenovelas, which are, <laughs> it's a real story. She got hooked on watching telenovelas, which are like Spanish soap operas. And I don't know what TV is like now in Romania, but 10 years ago, they didn't have TV in Romanian in, in their language. They had it in the original language, and then there were subcaptions underneath in Romanian. So she had been listening to these telenovelas on TV and she's reading Romanian and she just learned how to speak Spanish. And so that entire week in Romania, she and I spoke in Spanish and then she would turn around to her Romanian friends and say, she said, and I would turn around to my American friends and I'd say, she said, and then we'd come back together and we'd speak in Spanish, they said, all week long, and I just stood there in the middle of Romania, and I still don't know where it is. I still can't find it on a map. I stood there and I just saw this God who was so real and so close, and a God who heard every single one of my prayers, right? He heard every single one of my prayers. He heard even the thoughts in my head that I was so worried about, and he answered prayers that I didn't even voice. I didn't even say them out loud, and I didn't even know that they were prayers at the time. He answered them so specifically, and I saw this God in Romania that loves me, and I've never been the same since then. The 10 years after that have just been me saying, God, now I know you love me. Show me more, show me more, show me more, right? We have to understand that God really loves us. 
He really loves us and really wants this relationship with us. Um, my daughter and I have this book that we read before bed sometimes and it's called I Love You So. And it's one of these books that I opened it and I thought this is gonna be such a cute book before bed. And I start reading it and I'm like crying. Um, she's like, why are you crying? I'm like, it's just so beautiful. It's just such a beautiful story. And so we're reading and the opening part of this book is this little dialogue between this mom and her daughter. And it says this, the mom says, I love you, right? And the daughter says, well, how much? And the mom says, so much. And the daughter says, well, how much is so? And the mom says, way, way more than you know. And guys, man, that is the dialogue that God wants to have with us. God is saying, I love you. And if we'll just say, how much, God? He'll say, oh, it's so much. Well, how much is so, God? And he'll just say, it's way, way more than you know. It's so wide, it's so high, it's so long, it's so deep, you'll never be able to fully understand it. But I love you so, so much. And if we'll just accept that this morning, that God loves us, man, it's, it's easy for us to say that about a person, right? Like my daughter, Finn, is six years old now, and I love her. If you ask her, does your mom love you, she's gonna say yes, she knows that I love her. But the amazing thing about it is, I really like her too. <laughs> I know, that's weird, right? It's amazing, because she can be a little stinker sometimes, but I really, really, really like her. And this is how God is with us. He loves us, but he also just really likes us. He wants to be near us with Finn. I just, I like the quirky things about her. I like that she's funny and she's silly and she laughs about things. I like that when we're in the middle of a fight, sometimes she starts laughing and it just makes us both laugh and we can end the fight that way. I like that she's creative. She'll t sit down and she'll like draw something and she shows it to me four seconds later and I'm like, well, it's a masterpiece. Like, I like that she is just artistic and creative. I like that she still calls a hamburger a hangaber every now and then. <laughs> what do you want for dinner, a hangaber? Uh, like, it's so much harder to say it that way. I like that when she uh, does the interrupting cow and the knock-knock joke, she's not exactly sure how it's supposed to work. Like, here, I'll show you. Knock-knock. Interrupting cow. Interrupting. Moo! <laughs> That's how it's supposed to work. But she is so polite, she waits. <laughs> and her cow moos after. And I try to tell her, I'm like, no, 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 it's supposed to interrupt, it's supposed to be a rude cow, and she says, that's okay, I like it my way better. <laughs> you know what, I like that about her. And the older she gets, the more I just like spending time with her and being with her and talking to her and hearing from her. And God is the same way with us. He wants to be this close to us. He wants to show us that he's a God who loves us and likes us and delights in us and wants to be around us, right? It's probably easier for us to think of a person that way. And hopefully there's one sitting near you today that you can say, I love this person and I really, really like them. But it's a little bit harder for us to grasp that God who created the heavens and the earth, God feels that way about us. That's harder for us to grasp, right? But let me just show you 
in his word what he says. And it's, uh, I've got just a couple examples this morning. In Psalm 17, 8, David says, God, keep me as the apple of your eye. Don't you love that? Like the apple of your eye. Think about that. And David is saying, God, will you keep me there? Meaning he's already there. He already is the apple of God's eye. And he's saying, can you just keep me there? Keep me close, keep me protected, keep me near you. And I started looking back into this expression, um, the apple of your eye. And if you look back at just translations of it, it used to mean literally the little man of the eye. And what it meant was if you get close enough to somebody, you can look at them and you can see your reflection in their pupils of their eye. Do you want, do you want to try it real quick? <laughs> Look at somebody near you. Maybe somebody that you know, maybe not a stranger. See how close, look, this, this girl over here is grabbing her brother's eye like this. If you get close enough, I tried this, I tried it with my Great Dane, it really works. Um, I don't know why she was the test subject. If you get close enough to somebody's face, you can see yourself in their eyes. God, keep me as the apple of your eye. Think about what that means. God, keep me so close and keep yourself so close that I can see myself dancing in your pupils and you can see me in my eyes. Man, God, keep me as the apple of your eye. Psalm 17, eight, look it up. Zephaniah 3.17 is my life verse. Larry always says this is Joy's verse and it is my verse, but it took me $12,000 and it took me um, a long time to hear this verse. I was at Baylor University and I was not supposed to be at Baylor. Um, Baylor was not the school for me. It's a long story, it's a great school. Uh, but I had followed a friend there and they let me in for some reason and she was gonna go to the honors program and so she said, hey, I'm applying for the honors program. And I said, oh, okay, like I'll apply for the honors program too. And so I write the little paper and you know what? They let me in. Like, I was like, okay. So I'm going to Baylor, I'm in this honors program and I walk into this math class and the guy opens his Bible and I'm like, wait a minute, where's the like two plus two is four? Like, what are we doing here? And he opens his Bible in my math class and he reads Zephaniah 317. And so uh, it says this, for the Lord your God is living among you. Let, let each line of this just sink in a little bit. The Lord your God is living among you. Not distant, not far away, not, not, not so far away from you. He's living among you. He is a mighty savior, right? He's here to save you. He's here to protect you. He's here to put you on the right path. He will take delight in you with gladness. Think about that, that God takes delight in you with gladness. He's laughing and smiling and he's just joyful about your life. With his love, he will calm all your fears. He's wrapped you up in his love and he's calming every single fear and anxiety that you have and he rejoices over you with joyful songs. Man, if you need a life verse, take that one. That's, that's all you need, that God loves you, that he's here with you, that he's surrounding you with his love and he's calming your fears, he's calming your anxieties, he delights in your life and he's singing over you and he's here to save you. That's all you need. It's my life verse. 
And the very next day, I left Baylor, um, but I had to pay for my time that I was there, so I left with zero credits, uh, had to pay them, <laughs> yeah, zero whole credits, had to pay them $12,000, uh, but I left with this verse. So it's my $12,000 life verse. Uh, thank you, Baylor University, for that. Um, <laughs> if you're still unsure, if God loves you, if he delights in you, if he wants to be near you, man, just look at Jesus, right? That's, look at Jesus. God sent him, his only son, to take our sin. We talked about this just last week, the most shameful, awful, dark things that we've done. He takes it on himself, and he dies on a cross, and pays the price. Why? So that we could experience the same kind of relationship with the Father that he has. So that we can experience this connection with the Father that Jesus modeled for us. Jesus. We don't have to look any farther for how much God loves us. This this is not a God that's distant. This is not a God who's too busy or too important to spend time with you. This is a God who wants to be near you. And I just think about my daughter when I, I love her and I like her and so because of that, I make opportunities, right? I make space to have this time with her. I make make sure that I create opportunities for her to be with me and to be near me. Like sometimes she's just off in her room for a while or she's off doing something upstairs and I haven't seen her in a, a few minutes or an hour and I'll say, hey, what are you doing? Where are you? Do you wanna, do you wanna come hang out with me for a little bit? I just prompt her and open the door, right? And I just say, hey, I haven't seen you. Come, come hang out with me. I wanna see your face. Or sometimes, you know, she's just um, spent half a day like looking around at her screens or she's, you know, she's off busy doing stuff or maybe she looks sad in the car. Maybe she's, I pick her up from school and she's just real quiet. Just all these situations and what do I do? I'm, I, wa- I love her and I like her and I wanna hear from her and I wanna connect with her and I just say, hey, is everything okay? Hey, you, you look sad. Do you wanna talk to me about it? Hey, do you wanna share anything with me? What am I doing? I'm just prompting her to open her heart to my heart and to share with me and to have this connection with me. I'm just prompting her. And the thing is, God does the same thing with us. He gives us these promptings when we've been tucked away or when we're really quiet and we're not talking to him. Or maybe we've spent six hours today looking at a screen and we're so disconnected from the world around us because we're only connected to the thing that's in front of us. God will prompt us. And he'll say, hey, where are you? What are you doing? Do you wanna come talk to me? Is there anything you wanna share with me? I haven't heard from you in a while. He prompts us to have this connection and this relationship with us. So I'll just tell you a little story about um, how God prompted me in kind of a funny way. I, uh, I have found over the last couple years that the best place for me to talk to God is out on a run. And I know some of you are looking at me and you're like, ugh, running, like, ugh, well that sounds gross. But for me, the Bible says, if you wanna talk to God, you need to go to a room and you need to close the door, right? And so for some of you, you actually have a room. Some of you have a place and you can go and you close the doors and it's quiet and you can speak with God and it's a place where you can talk to him and he hears 
from you and you hear from him, and that's wonderful. Some of you have a place like at the table and you sit with your coffee and it's by the window and there's this pretty you know, nature scene outside your window and that's wonderful that you can do that. But for me, to hear from God, I have to get out of my house. Like I'm too distracted in my own house. And so I found that when I'm out running, just something happens, my feet kind of find a rhythm finally, and my breathing kind of finds a rhythm, and I get to this place where I just, I'm not thinking about much, and so my mind clears, and I can talk to God, and I can hear from him, and so um, I'm out on a run one day, and I normally make it about half a mile before I get to this place where I'm like, okay, I'm ready to, ready to talk to you, and so I make it about half a mile, and I say, okay, God, let's go for a run, like, let's, let's talk it out. And uh, so I'm on this run, and I glance over, and I see something that catches my eye. It just catches my attention. And so I'm running, and I look over, and I'm like, what's that? And it was a golf ball just laying on the side of the road. There it is, little golf ball just laying on the side of the road. And I jog by, and I'm like, huh. A golf ball, and so I just kept going, like nothing, nothing big about it. And I, uh, as I continued running, God said to me, and this all just happens like in my head while I'm running. And he says, "Well, what was it about that golf ball that caught your attention?" And I just said, "Well, I'm I'm on backcountry roads, God, in the middle of Bernie. Like, there's no golf course around here. There's not even like really houses or neighborhoods around here." I was like, "It was just." in a weird place. That's a strange place to see a golf ball, right? And so I said it was just unexpected. And so I'm running, I'm running, and I felt like God was telling me, when you come back around, you need to pick that golf ball up. And I was like, okay, like that's weird, but okay, so I come back around, and I'm looking now, and so I'm, I'm trying to remember where I saw, I'm trying to remember where it was, and I find it, and so I'm like, oh, got it. And so I pick it up, and I'm running with this golf ball in my hands, And I felt like God told me, you need to start looking for me in unexpected places. You need to keep your eyes open. I'm all around you, I'm everywhere. If you'll just open your eyes, I'm gonna show up in places that you don't expect. I'm gonna show up in ways that are not the same ways that you've seen me before. I'm gonna show up if you'll just open your eyes. And I'm like, okay God, that's cool. I got this golf ball and I'm like, now I'm looking, right? I'm looking for you. And so as I'm jogging, I said, show me again, God. Show me, (laughs) show me, God. Show me again. And so I'm I'm running and I'm like, you wouldn't just show me another golf ball, would you? Like, I'm, I'm looking now, I'm scanning everywhere, I'm looking. And I'm jogging along and I take a few steps and I find something orange. And I look over and I go and pick it up an orange golf ball on the side of the road, on a back country road in Bernie where there's no golf course anywhere. Orange. And so now I've got two and I'm running and I'm like, I've got two golf balls, yay. This is fun and I'm like, that's so cool, God, you showed me another one. And he's like, yeah, sometimes when you're looking for me, I'm gonna be so blatantly obvious, right? I'm gonna be a white, I'm gonna be an orange golf ball in the middle of all these white rocks. There's no way you're gonna miss me if you just are looking for me. Sometimes I'm gonna be this obvious. And I'm like, okay, God, that's really cool. That's really awesome. And so I'm running, I've got these golf balls in my hand and I'm like, would you show me again? (laughs) I don't know what got into me. And so I'm running, I'm like, show me again, God. I am looking everywhere, I'm looking for you. Where are you, God? I'm looking, I'm looking. And I take a few steps and I see something 
yellow. And I look over, a yellow golf ball. And so I'm like, wow, oh my gosh. And so I pick it up. Now I've got three and I'm running and I look like a crazy person on the side of the road because I'm like laughing and I'm holding up these golf balls and I'm running with them. And I just don't care that I look crazy because God is like, you found me, you found me. I found you, God, there's three of them. Oh my goodness, this is the best day of my life. And so I've got these three golf balls and I'm like, God, this is amazing. You are just showing up all over the place because I'm looking for you. And so I said, how many more times are you going to show me today? I've got like a quarter mile left of this run. And I found, I know what you're thinking. I found six that day. And so I walk in the house and I've got golf balls like shoved in my pants and I've got them all over the place and I walk in and I'm like, look what God did. And everybody's like, what is wrong with your brain? What is going on with you? And I'm like, he showed up. Look how many times he showed up on one run. And I know what you're thinking. Somebody was just out in their yard hitting golf balls and they were just <laughs> launching them across the street and you just happened to find a bunch of golf balls that they were hitting. You know what? Maybe, maybe that's true. But for me that day, one golf ball <laughs> opened the door for me to have this entire exchange with God over his nearness over his constant presence, over the way that he shows up in unexpected ways, if I'll just open my eyes and start seeing him and start looking for him. And you know, I find golf balls all the time now. It's like God and I's little inside joke. Um, one day, I was out running and I found um, a ping pong ball. And I don't know what that means, but I found a ping pong ball, so I was like, well, I'm gonna pick that up too. Maybe he just looks different and feels a little different, but he's still here. So I picked up the ping pong ball. One day, I was sitting in my daughter's dance class. She, she's in her class, and I'm waiting in the lobby. And I'm sitting here waiting for her to get out, and I'm by myself. And I have decided in the last few months, like instead of scrolling through my phone for an hour while she's in there, I'm gonna read one of these books that we've been talking about. And so I'm reading my book, and I glance over, and in the middle of the floor of her dance class, the lobby, is a golf ball. And I'm like, where did it even come from? And so God and I just have this crazy, silly, fun, creative, just little interaction over golf balls. Like if he can talk to me through a golf ball, it's not just because I'm crazy. It's, it's just because I was open to the promptings of God. That golf ball was just God saying, hey, here I am. I haven't seen you in a while. Do you wanna to talk to me? Do you wanna share with me? I haven't heard from you. It was just a prompting from God to connect with his heart. Moses had a burning bush, right? He's out in the desert in the middle of nowhere. He's, he's letting the sheep eat out on this hill and what does he find? This burning bush. And he says, wow. And he walks over and it opens the door for God to have this conversation with him and set Moses on the purpose for his life with God, right? These promptings are everywhere, and you say, well, I've never seen a burning bush that doesn't burn up, right? Well, maybe we just need to open our eyes. Maybe we just need to look for things that make us say, wow, or whoa. 
Maybe it's those things that just catch our attention, that just make us pause for a second, that open the door for us to have this interaction with God, this exchange with God. So maybe for you, it's, maybe it's something in nature. Like, I'm gonna show you a few pictures in a second, and each one of these pictures is gonna make you say, wow. Let's practice, ready? One, two, three. Wow. That was pretty good. Okay, you wanna see a modern day burning bush? Here it is. Wow. That's a burning bush, y'all. That is a bright red tree in the middle of a green landscape. That's a burning bush. That's a golf ball moment. That is a wow. I need to go get closer to that. I need to take a second and just take this in and appreciate what God is doing, right? This is a wow moment. They're all around us. And before you say, oh, you just found that on Google. No, my friend Mandy Dove, who is back in the booth sometimes. Her husband's back there, her dad's back there a lot of times. I texted her this week and I said, hey, I need some pictures that you found in nature. And she said, what kind of pictures? And I said, things that make me say, wow. I need a few of those pictures. So she sent me a few more. Here's another one. Uh, that was kind of lame. Try, try again. Wow. Look, can you imagine standing at the bottom of that tree? Look at this one. Wow, wow. These are just things in nature that God has created that we can stop and we can look at and we can just say, wow, God, that's an amazing thing that you've created. And if we'll just pause for a second, I think we'll see that that's just the prompting to open the door for God to have this interaction with us, for us to connect with his heart and we'll start to experience prayer the way Jesus experienced it heart to heart with God. Maybe for you it's a sunset. Here's just a couple of sunsets back to back. Wow, yeah, say it. Wow, Wow. that's wow. I'll tell you, this one over here was right outside of our house and I was inside and I'm getting ready for, you know, there's school the next day and we have to eat dinner and we have all these things that we're trying to do and so I'm busy inside and this light starts to come through the window and so I'm like, huh, that's weird. There's like a strange light coming through and so I step outside and I see this out in my backyard and I stopped and I said, wow, what is that? It's a prompting from God. Hey, you've been so busy with these things that are temporary. You're so busy with these things that are gonna disappear. And here I am, I painted this amazing sky so that you can take just a second and see some of the things that I'm working on. These are eternal things. These are things that aren't gonna fade away. If you have some time this week, read Colossians 3. It says that now we can set our sights on the realities of heaven and we don't have to focus so much on the temporary things of earth because now we have this new spirit and this new nature and we have this new future ahead of us. And it's a future that is eternal. It's one where God is present with us constantly. Wow. All of these promptings are just God saying, hey, you've been over here for a while. You've been distracted by these things. You've let these things clutter your mind and clutter your heart. Take a second and see what I'm doing. Take a second and connect with me. Take a second and talk to me. God is still trying to have these connections with us. 
Maybe it's a worship song. This happens to me all the time that I'm listening to a song and all of a sudden I'm just crying or I'm just so overwhelmed and overcome in this worship song. I can feel the spirit moving. Wow. Or maybe it's, maybe it's just in this building even that you can feel God's spirit. Or maybe you have a pull the car over song. I'm, like, I'm looking at Sandy Whitaker over here who has a crazy story about pulling the car over listening to a worship song. I have these songs that they come on and it's like, oh, I can't even drive this car right now. <laughs> I gotta pull over <laughs> so that I can just listen. What is that? It's a prompting from God. Hey, I'm right here. Is there anything you wanna tell me? Is there anything that you wanna share with me? Do you wanna hear from me? Do you wanna connect with my heart? All of these promptings are just the open door for us to have the kind of prayer that Jesus had that was, I think, probably fewer words and more just appreciating who God is. And really, when these moments happen, I don't have tons of words and I don't have anything that's really, like, it's not worth writing down. I don't have words that are, that are just real impressive or anything. I have, I have wow, and I have whoa, or sometimes I just have huh. Like, I have just things that aren't even real words. When we're in the presence of God, I think we're gonna be at a loss for words, right? We're gonna be at a loss for words, and I just love this promise in Romans 8 is that when we don't have words, the spirit of God that's within us actually prays for us on our behalf. It says in Romans 8, 26, it says the Holy Spirit prays for us the spirit that is within us, God's spirit within us, prays for us with groanings that can't be expressed with words. And this is for times when we're full of just sorrow and grief and things that we can't explain or anger, things that we're lamenting. And it's also for times when we're so full of joy and delight that all we have is a wow. There is an entire prayer behind a wow. And it comes from the spirit that's within us who delivers that wow to God as an entire prayer to him. And it says, the Father who knows all hearts knows exactly what the Spirit is saying. Take these moments, say wow, and let the Spirit pray for you on your behalf to God and you'll have these true heart-to-heart moments. The God who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. You'll have this moment with God, this interaction, this exchange with him that just makes you say, wow, right? And so this week, I think there's just some easy things that we can do to try to help this to happen. The first thing is we can ask. You can actually just ask God, can you give me just a prompting this week? Can you show me something that makes me say, wow? Can you give me a golf ball moment? Can you just give me a burning bush this week, God? Give me something that catches my attention, pulls me from the things and the distractions and the clutter and the things that are happening in this world and just makes me stand in front of you, God, in front of something that you've created that just makes me say, wow. Can you give me one of these this week? I think if you ask and if you start to look, you'll find a God who is already answering that prayer. 
You'll find a God who's, who's ready and who's excited to show himself to you. And when you see him, man, then let the spirit just guide you in that moment. Don't just take the picture and post it to your social media. Don't just hashtag it, right? Take a second before you do all those things and take the picture and post it and say, wow, look what God did, share that. But before you do that, take a second and just stand in front of what God has made and just take a second to appreciate it. Appreciate the fact that the God who is the God of heaven and earth took the time to paint the sky to get your attention. That he took the time to show you a landscape that just made you say, wow, this is so surreal and beautiful. That he took the time to put a dumb little golf ball on the side of the road to catch your attention and have this interaction with you. Take a second to take that in and let the Spirit pray for you on your behalf to have this interaction with God. And then we need to lean in and we need to listen. And I think if we'll do that, if we'll just maybe ask God this question, what do you want me to know? If we'll just take a second, God, wow, look at this sunset. Thank you for this sunset that just pulled me from the things that were distracting me, that gives me just this glimpse of eternity, God. When I see the detail of this, when I see the purpose in this, when I see how creative you are, it reminds me that you're working in my life even more. God, what do you want me to know? And just take a second and listen. And I think what we'll find is this father who's talking to his child. And what we'll hear is him say, I love you. And we'll say, well, God, how much? And he'll say, so much. Well, how much is so, God? It's way, way more than you know. Amen? Let's do it this week. Let's pray. God, we thank you just so much for being a God that is close, for being a God who is not distant, for being a God who is not too busy or too important to spend time with us. I thank you for the reality that you love us and you like us and you delight in us and you delight in the details of our lives, God. Thank you for that truth this morning. Would you help us to see it this week? Would you open our eyes to see these promptings, to see these opportunities? all around us, God, to have these exchanges with you. Would you help us to open our hearts and our minds to just allow your spirit within us, God, to connect us to you? And would you help us to just see a little glimpse this week of what it was like when Jesus prayed, that he was connected with you through love and through just likeness and through delighting in your presence, God. Give us just a little bit of that this week, enough that we'll just keep taking steps towards you, that we'll keep trying to experience this love that is so high and so wide and so long and so deep that we'll never be able to fully understand it. Would you just give us a glimpse of that this week, God? one prompting and one opening so that we can have this exchange with you. We love you, Jesus, so much. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for coming, guys. We'll see you next week. Is December? Wow. It's Christmas. We're going to start.
Advent series, and we will see you next week.